You're listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 96. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting Jason Pinter, who is the best-selling author of Hideaway, the first Rachel Marin novel, as well as five novels in his Henry Parker thriller series and a standalone novel, The Castle, which have over one million copies in print worldwide and has been published in over a dozen countries. Jason is also the founder and publisher of Polis Books, an independent publishing company he launched in 2013, following positions in editorial and marketing at Warner Books, Random House, St. Martin Press and Grove Atlantic and the Mystery Press. He was named one of Publisher Weekly's inaugural Star Watch honorees, which recognizes young publishing professionals who have distinguished themselves as future leaders in the industry. We're going to talk to Jason about his uh, novels, about his experience in the uh, publishing world, and a whole lot more. So stay tuned for my interview with Jason Pinter. Before we get to the interview, I would like to talk to you for a moment about Masterclass over at thrillingweeds.com forward slash masterclass, which offers online classes taught by the world's greatest minds. You can learn how to write best-selling thrillers from James Patterson and Dan Brown, learn the art of storytelling from Neil Gaiman, guitar from Carlos Santana, filmmaking from Martin Scorsese and David Lynch, acting from Natalie Portman, comedy from Steve Martin, magic from Penn & Teller, and it just goes on and on with an amazing lineup of over 60 instructors. You can access uh, one at at a time or get an all-access pass, which is what I got. And by signing up via my affiliate link at thrillingreads.com forward slash masterclass, you are supporting this podcast so i thank you hi everybody this is alan peterson with meet the thriller author and on the phone i have jason pinter uh jason thanks for uh, being on the podcast oh, it's a pleasure thank you for having me uh can you tell the readers a little bit about yourself please yes so i am the uh internationally best-selling author of seven novels for adults and two for children uh my most recent book uh is hideaway which just came out on march 1st from thomas and mercer I'm also the founder and publisher of Polis Books, an independent publishing company that I founded in 2013, and our new imprint, Agora, which is uh, dedicated towards underrepresented voices and stories in crime fiction. So how would you describe your uh, your books to someone who hasn't read any of your previous novels? Oh, I would say definitely mystery, thriller, if you like Harlan Coben or Lee Child or Laura Lipman. Uh, I would say it's definitely in the, up that alley. Um, so mystery, suspense, thriller. And so Hideaway is the uh, first book in your uh, the Rachel Marin series, and I got an advanced copy, so thank you uh, so much oh, for that. I uh, really enjoyed it. Um, she's such an interesting character, a vigilante hero and a single mom. Uh, what made you decide to feature a single mother as the protagonist of this book? So I started writing the book uh, fairly shortly after uh, our, my first daughter was born, about two and a half years ago. Um, and I'd been wanting to start a series, but I hadn't quite hit on the right idea or the right character yet. And uh, there was something about my daughter's bond with uh, my wife, her mother, that just uh, it really resonated with me. The notion of how much of a protector she was, uh, how much it changed her life. And I thought it'd be really interesting to take a thriller character because thriller characters are mystery characters. They tend to be kind of loners. They tend to be, um, you know, lone wolves. Uh, they, you know, if they want to go out and drink till 4 a.m. or get into fights at the bar, that's not a problem. You know, nobody else is worried about them. But take a character who could be essentially a crime fighter, but have two small children dependent on her. Uh, I thought that'd be really interesting. And, you know, she's a single mother. Uh, you know, there's a terrible traumatic event that happens at the beginning of the book that causes her to become a single mother. Um, and how, so, you know, I thought it'd be great to look into how, how does she balance 
having skills and talent and can, she can be a fighter and a criminalist, but having two children that she has to come home and take care of and cook for and make sure they get out the, you know, to the school bus on time. And I thought that would set up an inherent conflict within the character that would be really interesting to explore throughout the book. And so were there any real people or fictional characters that inspired the creation of Rachel Marin? You know, I sort of looked at her as a bit of a combination of Sherlock Holmes and uh, Sarah Connor from Terminator 2. <laughs> uh, I thought she, you know, I wanted her to sort of be sort of, you know, a brilliant criminalist investigator like Holmes um, with Sarah Connor, who's sort of a fighter, somebody who really honed herself to a knife's edge point. But at the same time, both Sherlock and Sarah Connor are very much broken people in a lot of ways. And so is Sarah. Uh, so, sorry, so is Rachel. Uh, she underwent something terrible that changed her life and forced her to uh, look at the world in a completely different way. And she's struggling to adapt to it. She's struggling to protect her children and protect herself. Uh, in a lot of ways, she has sort of uh, avoided dealing with her own torn emotions. And I thought that so that was really the inspiration. Somebody who's you know smart, who is a fighter, who is capable, but at the same time, very much uh, broken in a lot of ways. Is this the first time that you've written uh, a female protagonist? And I wonder what was the challenges that as a male writer? Uh, definitely female protagonist. I have written other female characters before, but this is the first time I've written a female as my, as my main character in the book. Um, you know, uh, to me, it was really important to create a female character who, you know, obviously she's strong and she's smart. Um, you know, she's a little bit heightened in those ways, but at the same time, she's a single mother. So I wanted that to be very realistic and relatable. So, you know, uh, I'm a parent myself, so I can understand some of the emotions there. I talk to single mothers to understand the emotions that they went through, both the, the challenges and the, uh, the the high points of being a single parent. You know, the struggle to both you know provide for them, but also find enough time in the day to be your own person. But then the the sort of joys in being able to provide for them despite a, a lack of health. Um, so that that was you know very much it so i you know i didn't want a female character who was sort of you know i didn't want her to come from the male gaze if that makes sense i didn't want it to just be another stock female written by a guy you know she's this sort of like hot temptress running around in a tank top like that's not rachel rachel um is i want her to be so more of a real person than sort of a caricature and do you do a lot of research for your books uh, i do yes um so aside from talking to people to understand Rachel, uh, you know, I, there's a great police department. I live in Hoboken, New Jersey. There's a great police department here. So I talked to the, uh, the chief of police here and a couple sergeants over there um, about, you know, like, because there are two detectives in, who feature in the book, uh, John Serrano and Leslie Talley, you know, to understand the job, understand what it's like to not only be a cop, but to be uh, a family person, too. Uh, both the cops I spoke to, they have families. They go home at the end of the day and they have wives. They have children. And how do you balance that? So to me, a lot of the book is sort of balancing the crime-fighting aspect of it with also also being a family member, too. And uh, so you've written uh, other books uh, before. Uh, those were a different series, though. So this is the first uh, in this uh, Rachel Marin th uh, series, correct? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I, wrote, um, I wrote one other series, um, the Henry Parker uh, thriller series. Um, that was five books. And then I wrote a standalone called The Castle. And uh, you, I noticed that you mentioned also uh, in the beginning that you've written children's book. I was kind of curious about that compared to writing these, um, uh, you know, adult thriller and mystery series. What's the difference there? And is one easier uh, or harder so, than the other? <laughs> you know, I don't want to say easier because I do think you have to take care in writing for children because they're they're very very smart. I have a I have a daughter who's uh 32 months and I have a daughter who's about 15 months and they are both incredibly smart. Um. 
but it's a very different muscle. Uh, you know, I wrote a sort of an adventure novel for kids, Zeke Bartholomew, Super Spy. Um, and it was just, it was a, you know, my thrillers, they tend to have a lot of darkness in them and some violence in them. This was just a chance to do something that was totally fun uh, and really, you know, exciting and adventurous that didn't take itself too seriously. Um, obviously, you don't want to sacrifice quality. So I, I don't want to say it was easier, but it was more lighthearted. Uh, and then the other children's book I wrote was called Miracle, which was a children's uh, picture book that was uh, actually inspired by the journey my wife and I went on to have our first daughter. We went through the, the painful struggles of infertility. So it was a picture book that was really dedicated to our journey and to any other parents who went through similar journeys, of which there are many, many, many thousands. Uh, and thankfully, the response to both have been terrific. Yeah, you have such an interesting background, too, because you actually come from the publishing industry side of things. Uh, so you have your own... Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Polis Books? And uh, you, is that still uh, going on? Are you still uh, working on that? Yes, it's still going on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> uh, hopefully it'll go on for a very long time. Um, so I, I before I started, uh, right, before I uh, before Hideaway, and I wrote, uh, I worked for... for uh, Several different publishers, three of the big five companies, one of the larger independent presses, and I launched Polis in 2013. You know, I really wanted to run my own press, have a say over what we published and how it was published. Um, so I, I always sort of wanted to work on both sides of the desk. I love books. It's my vocation. I'm in love with the written word. Um, and I'm thankful that I, I have a chance to both publish other people's books and also uh, publish my own. Uh, you know, my, my own books are not published through Polis. I, wouldn't, I would never do that. But at the same time, it, it, I do think working as both an editor writer sort of each one helps me work at, on the other aspect of my career. That's a fascinating. I think there's been a couple other uh, authors that I've interviewed that also have their publishing companies, but they're very adamant about not publishing their own through that company. Is that like uh, to keep it independent or? Yeah, I mean, I, I think once you start publishing your own books through your own company, you're essentially vanity press. Um you're using you're using company resources for your own benefit. You know, any any revenue that we bring in from other authors, I think that'd be disingenuous of me if I took that revenue and directly put it towards publishing and promoting my own books. So it was it was never even a consideration. I would never publish my own books through a company uh, that also published other books. Um, so it was, it was very important to me to keep those separate. Yeah, cool, interesting. Um, so how do you balance running? You got the publishing company. You write your own books. You've Parents of small children, how do you how do you do that all that? <laughs> it is it is not easy. Uh, thankfully, I have very understanding uh, wife and kids and authors. Um, but you know, there's I wish sometimes we could extend the day to thirty six hours. Um, the truth is, you know, I, as the old saying goes, if you want something done, give it to a busy person, and that's 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 truly how it is. You know, and in any given day, I am uh, writing one of my own books, or editing one of my own books, or promoting one of my own books, or talking to my agent, or talking to my editor, or marketing people, um, and then also working on Polish books titles, designing them, marketing them, editing them. And then, you know, I have two small children, and I like to be home every night to be able to either have dinner with them, or put them to bed, read them a story, spend some time with them, spend some time with my wife before we both pass out. Um, and it's it's a daily battle uh, to find time to do all of that. So, you know, there are certainly some days where I don't get to do all of it perfectly, but hopefully in the end it evens out. Evens out. And what's your writing process when you're working on a book? Uh, do you like do you write in the same spot every day? Every day or? Um, I yeah, I tend to be more of a pantser than a plotter, and and by that I mean I don't tend to write detailed outlines. I know there's some authors who write incredible, you know, eighty-page single-spaced outlines and essentially have the entire skeleton of the book mapped out before they've written a real word of prose. I I don't tend to do that. I tend to you know I tend to generally know how a book starts. 
there's like a midpoint uh, around the center where maybe the plot turns or there's something where it veers off in a different direction. And I generally have an idea of how it ends. So I sort of, I know where I start, I know where I want to end up, and everything else in the interim, I sort of want, I want the characters to guide me. Um, so, you know, generally at the end of the day, I finish when I'm finished, uh, often either due to exhaustion or just because <laughs> I need to get some sleep. Uh, and then I'll, I'll pick up the next day. But, you know, in between all of that, I'll often just, you know, I'll brainstorm and an idea will come to me. And even if I'm lying in bed, I'll text it to myself so that I have a record of it. And I I keep sort of a running document of all the ideas and plot twists and character developments that just occur to me when I'm not actually writing the book. So even if I say I don't have an actual outline, uh, by the end of Hideaway, for example, I had like a 25-page single-space document, all just sort of ideas and thoughts and brainstorms that came into my head during the writing when I wasn't actually at the keyboard. And so uh, why thrillers? Were you a fan of the genre before you started writing them? I was very much so. You know, I sort of grew up, uh, as a lot of kids did, you know, in the Hardy Boys, Encyclopedia Brown, the sort of kid investigators. So I, I loved those. Uh, then as I got a little older, I really had a love for sort of epic fantasy. I grew up as a big fan of Terry Brooks and uh, Brian Schock and Piers Anthony. Um, and then I moved on to Stephen King, as I think everybody does. But then I think it was probably in my teen years that I, I started to love crime fiction. I started to love mysteries and thrillers, and more specifically, the ones that had real characters. As much as I sort of love twisty, turny plots, to me, it's always the character that you want to follow. So it was important to me to write mysteries and thrillers that had characters that were more interesting and not as one-dimensional as, as they could be. So with all your busy schedule, do you still find time to read for pleasure? <laughs> I do, and not as much as I would like. You know, it's a, you know, I say before kids, I would read you know two to three books a week, and now it's you know I have twenty to thirty minutes at the end of the night before I pass out. So I you know, it, you know plus I read a lot for work, so not not as much as I would like. My I, I tend to buy books faster than I can I can read them, so my my shelves at home are very overstuffed. So uh, what inspired you to write your first book? I mean, did you always, growing up, you always wanted to be a writer? I don't know if I always wanted to be a writer. I think when I was, it came from being a reader. You know, I read all these stories as a kid, and then I would occasionally sort of like pen these little short stories that were never very good, and they're always sort of, uh, you know, carbon copies or replicas of what I was reading. If I was reading Stephen King, I'd probably write about, you know, terrible stories about demonic clowns and things like that. And it really, I think it was in college when I thought to myself, like, I, I kind of want to give this a shot. And I wrote a terrible coming-of-age novel in college. And I think every writer has a terrible coming-of-age novel stuck in a drawer somewhere. Um, and even though the book itself probably wasn't very good, it told me I can do this. I can start from nothing and end up with an 80,000-word manuscript. And then it was just a matter of sort of honing my craft. So I think I always loved reading and I loved writing. It was just a question of what I was going to do with that. And I think, thankfully, I've sort of found my found my role. What's next for you and Rachel Marion now? Are you going to continue on in the series? Yeah, so the, I, I actually just finished. I turned in the, the final uh, edits for the next Rachel Marin novel to my editor a couple of weeks ago, uh, and that'll be out in early 2021, and it's called A Stranger at the Door. So uh, hopefully if people read the book and like it, uh, it's actually, I think it's already up for pre-order, um, but they'll have the, the next book in the series available uh, in not too long a time. Yeah, you've been getting some amazing uh, uh, blurbs from David Baldacci and some of my favorites. That's uh, pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's unbelievable. These are authors that I grew up loving. The fact that they're now willing to, you know, essentially put their name to my book and, and endorse it, it's, it's stunning. Yeah, before I let you go, uh, any advice for aspiring writers that are listening? 
I would say read, read everything you can. Um, you know, I think as Stephen King said, if you, if you don't have the time to read, you don't have the tools to write. Um, you know, I know a lot of authors who want to be writers and I say, Oh, what have you read recently? And they either don't read recently or they've only read the canon. Uh, you know, they want to write a contemporary thriller, but the last book they read was To Kill a Mockingbird. And I think to write, to write something contemporary, you need to read contemporary. You need to read in the genre that you want to publish in, uh, read the greats in the genre, read books that are fantastic, and also read books that aren't very good. I think to me, reading books that I didn't care for all that much showed me, hey, I was like, hey, I can do this. This book is like, I can do better than this. Um, you know, and you, know, you don't want to look down on these people at the same time. I think it gives a bit of an inspiration to say, listen, this person is successful. They wrote a book that I think I can, I can do better than, and then go, go prove that you can. Um, but at the same time, read everything you can, work on your writing. A first draft is not a finished book. A first draft is a first draft. So go back and write and revise, uh, and you're only done when you, you literally would not change a single word of your manuscript. And so what's the uh, best uh, place that readers can find you? I imagine on your website is jasonpinter.com. Yeah, so they can for jasonpinter.com. They can find me on uh, Twitter or Instagram at, at jasonpinter. Um, if I'm not on TikTok or Snapchat. If you have any teenage uh, <laughs> teenage nieces or nephews who can show me how to do that, I'm all ears. Uh, otherwise, I'm pretty out there. So uh, engage with me, drop me a line, post something, and I'll, I'll interact with it. All right. Thanks so much, Jason, for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Meet the Thriller Author podcast. Be sure to visit thrillerauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover great thrilling reads. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, uh, rate, and give a review uh, to it, wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, podcast, be it uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, wherever it is that you're uh, listening to this right now, I would appreciate it. And uh, please do check out my own thriller novels over at my website at alanpeterson.com. Until next time.